The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Demolition Man. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Kerwin? I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? Uh, Stone Buena Visa. All right. Also with us is Mugga. What up, Mugs? Yo. What are you drinking? Tall Michelob Ultra. Also with us is Rich. What up, Rich? How's it going? I'm good, man. What are you drinking? This trash-ass bang right now. (laughs) (laughs) Bang energy. Does it come with an influencer? It comes with a terrible taste. Cherry limeade. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. That's only good on Minute Maid. I don't know. Mm. That's what happens when you have the variety pack. (laughs) (laughs) You win some, you lose some. Yeah. And uh, making his return is Patrick. What up, Patrick? What's going on, man? What are you drinking today? Sad-ass water, man. Hey, water's happy. That's good. It's it's a it's no, got a nice you got, no one you got to work, man. Yeah. In a couple hours, you got to stay hydrated. It sucks. Yeah, but you're right. Stay hydrated. Stay safe. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about today's movie. We got Demolition Man, released October eighth, nineteen ninety three. It stars Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, Sandra Bullock, Nigel Hawthorne, Benjamin Bratt, Dennis Leary, and Rob Schneider. It's directed by Marco Brambilla and it's distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. Let's talk about our experience. Rich, what is your experience with Demolition Man? Um, it's a film. <laughs> it has some uh, heavy hitters in it. I mean, you got to think about the time, you know, 93. Some big stars, I guess you could say, action movies were the thing back then. Um, did you watch it in the theaters? Hell no. <laughs> but I did have access to uh, watching this movie, I guess you could say for the last 20 years, just... You know, watching it on DVD, streaming, that kind of thing. But um, we'll, we'll get into, I guess, my experiences later. All right. Cool, cool. Uh, Jason, what is your experience? I uh, definitely didn't see this in theaters. I remember my mom not allowing me to watch it when it first came out. Yeah. So I didn't see this till shoot, maybe 10 years ago. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I always got it confused with Judge Dredd for some reason. Mm. Because I remember seeing Judge Dredd somehow. Maybe it was at a friend's house. Because I think they came out around the same time or similar times. But I don't know why I always got it confused. But, yeah, I mean, I, I can't tell you the first time I watched it. But I can tell you the last time I watched it, that was on Thursday. And uh, I fell asleep. So <laughs> I was trying to take notes. It was a long day. I just got done watching Savages for the next podcast. And I was like, all right, Demolition Man is on deck. So I started to watch it. And I fell asleep. Laptop open, just knocked the fuck out. So I had to finish it early Friday morning, so I had to wake up early to finish it. But uh, yeah, that's my experience. Patrick, what's your experience? I gotta say, man, watching it after all these, not even all these years, I'm pretty sure I probably watched it last year, honestly, somewhere. I liked it, I still like it. It's a good movie, I'm getting the vibe that you guys uh, feel otherwise, but. No, I, I like it. It's, it's good, man. It's, it, for me, it's, it has its things, like any other, cheesy uh, 90, 90, 1993 action movie but this is like during the time where uh, Arnold and, and Sylvester Stallone are going at it with action movie after action movie you know and, and this was one of the heavy hitters I want to say it was a good I thought it was pretty pretty solid I remember I didn't see it in the theater but I remember the first time I did watch it when it came out on VHS those are those blockbuster nights you know mm-hmm. um, my parents um, let me have a friend over for like I think around my birthday party um, <laughs> and we were able to watch this in the back room 
at our house that I grew up in. And I remember running to the back room so fast. You know, when you have barefoots and you're a kid and you hit things, I hit the side of the door frame and broke my toe. It was it was bad. Still had to get through this movie though, man. I, I wanted to watch it, but I remember breaking my left, uh, I mean my right pinky um, watching this movie. But yeah, I watched it at home and I loved it. And I, I do remember, which I'll get into when we get to it, um, the Taco Bell commercials that was like a big deal. Like they really campaigned together and I remember like wanting Taco Bell all the time, you know? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was my experience. Uh, my experience, I do not remember the first time I watched it, but I'm pretty sure I rented this at some point. Uh, my mom and dad used to rent just R-rated movies and would just let us watch everything. Uh, and then I remember this movie coming on like TV. I don't, I don't know if it was like TBS or TNT or USA, one of those channels, anytime they had like a like an action movie, like Sunday or Saturday. But I remember watching this movie quite a bit when I was a kid, uh, specifically for this podcast. I rented it last week and I ended up watching it uh, a couple nights ago, and uh, I will save my thoughts for Trash and Treasure, and that's how <laughs> I will say. Uh, but let's get into behind the scenes. Oh, actually, no. Uh, before we get into behind the scenes, uh, Mugga hit us with the financials. I'm going to go ahead and get into like some of the behind the scenes because it does kind of go hand in hand with the financials. Um, this originally had a production budget of $45 million. Um, I'll get into it, but this was this guy that directed it, his first time ever directing. And I don't know. I just This is a futuristic movie, but because they extended the shoot from 72 days to 112, they said it estimated up to a 70 million so it obviously went over budget but then they had to do more stuff with a second unit all in all I think they said around 97 million it cost to make this movie including the marketing um, with that being said though it still was successful um, box office for domestic was around 58 million internationally though hundred and a little over 101 million so it made around 160 million which it did cost a lot, and I'll get into that a little bit, but financially it was a success. It did debut that uh, opening weekend at number one with $14 million. There's some interesting movies. This is, correct me wrong, it's 93, right? Yeah. Okay. There was, I'm going to go down, I just have the top 12 movies. Um, Hocus Pocus, I could care less about. But, uh, no, that's, that's trash. You don't like Hocus Pocus? It's trash. I don't what? like any Halloween crap. I, I agree, anyways, man. So. I'm, not, I'm not big on Hocus Pocus. Um, but God. number 11, The Fugitive. Remember that? Wow. Harrison Ford. Um, for Love or Money. I don't know if I ever watched That's that. Cool uh, Rich, you're going to like this. Number nine, The Program. Classic. I love that movie, yep. Uh, Bronx Tale. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. That's at number eight. Yep. Um, I'm going to kind of skip. There's like the Joy Luck Club and all that. Um, number four is The Good Son. That was oh, with uh, Macaulay Culkin. Oh it was like his God. first time. He yeah. was no longer. Yeah, it's kind of weird because I'll get into why Richie Rich. I was also a part of the research of this movie. We'll get into that. But uh, Demolition number one, number two, can you guys guess it's a famous Disney movie about the Olympics? Oh, Hercules? No, not Hercules. Oh, no. D2? D2? No. <laughs> nope. The Olympics. Oh, no, that was youth. We got the like Olympics the world, right now. Oh, the the world know. youth thing. Uh, cool Runnings. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. Cool oh. Runnings. Cool Runnings was at number two, but it was his third week in the theater, so that's probably why it wasn't at number one. But yeah, Demolition Man came at number one, but uh, financially a success, but, uh, but yeah, those are the financials. We had to review Cool Runnings. Yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Uh, Jason, tell us what the people thought. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, the critics, 60% of them liked it. 43 reviews with an average score of 5.6 out of 10. Um, the audience, 66% of the audience gave it a 3.5 or higher with an average rating of 3.7 out of 5. How do you guys feel about that? 60 and 66. That's not bad. That's Trash. About, that's, oh, really? That's around where, where I might put it, maybe, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the ratings, too, I mean, were done much, much later after this movie came out, too, so that could be There are some it. things in this movie that I did not think aged well. 
But I think at the time, it was, I don't know. We'll get into that. There's a couple quotes that are pretty funny on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> the first one is by this guy, David Anson from Newsweek. Uh, he gave it a rotten rating, but he says, Demolition Man is a movie that should have been fun and isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought that was funny. And then there was, there was a rating, um, Philippa Bloom from Empire Magazine. Uh, she gave it a fresh rating. She says, the futuristic comedy depends on your opinion of Stallone and his unapologetic popcorn-pleasing action no-brainers. To be fair, this one is one of his better ones. Do you think it's one of his better ones? I would put this in his top five. I would say this is one of his more memorable ones. I mean, it's up, it's up there, but I mean, I don't know. He's got other stuff, so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I, know. I think it's I would memorable. Put it, I would put it in his top yeah, five. It's, it's, it's top five. I'd say it's memorable. Acting-wise? No, just overall. Yeah, overall? <laughs> like, I, I don't like the first Rambo. I mean, it's okay. I like the oh, second come one. Come on, right? man. Wow. First like, Blood? Oh, really? Man. I don't know. It's like slow. But see, I never saw it at the time, so mm-hmm. I, it's like I saw this movie when it was like full throttle, and I feel like I have an attachment to it, yeah. but yeah. other than Rocky Four, I mean, I, I don't know, like, what other movies... Rocky Three, Rocky <laughs> fucking Two, I, I, All of no. Rambo. No, I don't know. I, I like this movie a lot, dude. As far as a Sylvester Stallone film, I, re- I really do. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he's no Tom Cruise. I'm not putting him in that category, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think this is one of his. It's it, there's so much like actors in this. You know what I mean? For the most part, I mean him and Wesley Snipes together. I just I think it's a great duo, man. You Th- know that is a good at great that, at that particular yeah, time. Yeah, like those were the guys. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. I think like. I don't know. I think First Blood. I, I think Over the Top. I hold near and dear. Over the Top's good. Over the top. Yeah, good. I, I love it. Nice. Um, IMDb, they gave it a 6.7 out of 10. So pretty similar to Rotten Tomatoes. There's 164,000 reviews. So across the dem- the demographics, um, uh, between males and females, they both gave it a 6.7 on average. So not a lot of disparity among the different demographics and ages. So that's the ratings. All right, Mugga, take us behind the scenes. All right, so in order to have a movie, you need a script, right? So this guy, yeah, (laughs) apparently you do. Um, This guy, Peter Lenkoff, um, trying to make it in Hollywood at the time, and the way he was trying to do that was writing scripts. I guess he actually wrote like seven scripts trying to get picked up. Um, Warner Brothers actually ended up picking this script that he had, which was Demolition Man, and this ended up being like his first big break. Um, I looked him up. He's had an interesting career. Um, He's attached to Son-in-Law, which is also the same year as this as like a writer and a producer I did not the Polly Shore movie yeah the Polly Shore movie <laughs> I watched yeah. that a lot when I was did a kid you? I'm not um, gonna lie yeah. but uh, he had a big career as a TV writer as well as producer um, some stuff that he's attached to is La Femme Nikita um, Hawaii Five-0 and MacGyver not the MacGyver I grew up on it's one that's like just recently I don't even know there was one yeah but that's like one of his main things if you look him up it's weird you bring that up because all three of those shows have been remade Really? Right. Which is yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. Like Hawaii Five O Nikita and you said uh, MacGyver? Yeah, MacGyver. That's yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. So the Demolition Man remake? Well, I'm going <laughs> to, this is not a remake, but there's some copyright. We'll, we'll, we'll get into all that, you know, not copyright, I guess, um, stolen, that's I guess, great. content. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this script was picked up in 1988. Again, this movie didn't come out until 1993, right? It was picked up in 1988 and he originally wanted Mickey Rourke to play John Spartan. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now this is a script though, that is going to get a lot of rewrites, which we'll get into. Um, so Warner Brothers picks up this script and Wikipedia states that the idea for Demolition Man from him was because he always wanted to do a cop movie after he was influenced by watching Lethal Weapon. 
And he read that some celebrities in Hollywood wanted to be frozen at one point. And that's how he got the idea for this movie. Interesting. Um, but yeah, those two things basically were big influences for this. Um, I couldn't find out why, um, but a guy named Daniel Waters ended up rewriting this. I think that he wanted to add some stuff to the movie. And I think that produ- however it got in. Um, but his version is kind of what you see now, but it didn't have any comedy in it, which this is a lot of comedy. You can see how this keeps getting rewritten. Um, but they ended up... Um, using his version he said he got his tone slash setting from the movie when he walked universal city walk and he said an idea of an la being futuristic like that all the way around is i i don't i don't really remember though universal city walk being like demolition man like settings do you guys like very i don't know like that's what wikipedia was saying so yeah i can understand if you walk through Tomorrowland. that's felt i'm that kind of getting that you <laughs> yeah know? but he, but even city walk i mean they have like the lights and right. i don't know I, I could see a little bit of it but it's a stretch Neon yeah, lights yeah. Kind of yeah it's kind of futuristic so another guy who is not credited for writing this is called Fred Decker. He is responsible for having the L.A. prologue. That's the part you see at the beginning of the movie. Originally, the script was going to start them just being unfrozen and then go from there. But this guy was like, no, you got to have Spartan and Phoenix in their like original setting to show, hey, this is where they're going. They're already enemies in an area, and then they're going to go to the future. So I kind of I kind of like that. I don't yeah. like the way they did that scene, but I like the idea. Um, but all in all, you can see how this is taking rewrites. It basically took six years to finally have what you now have as Demolition Man. Um, however, before they even had a director, they had already attached Steven Seagal and John claude Van Damme as the two that were supposed to play Phoenix and Spartan. Uh, um, Steven, Seagal, <laughs> Steven Seagal was supposed to be the um, John cop, Spartan. Cop. Van Damme was supposed to be uh, uh, Simon Phoenix. What do you guys think about that? It would have been funny to watch, man. I, I think Wesley Snipes is too quick with yes. like the, the the humor and stuff. Yeah, I don't right. see the John Claude getting that off. Yeah. And John Claude did not want to be the villain, so he said, I'll do this movie, but flip the roles with Steven Seagal the villain. I think they both are like, no, I'm not doing this. So that's why it like but, it really never happened. Yeah, you have to keep Wesley Snipes. I think I think you could swap out Stallone for somebody else, but you can't swap out Wesley, Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes is... It would have been a golden opportunity for Steven Seagal to like, you know, do something different than always being the cop. You know yeah. what I mean? But... So, those guys did not do this movie. <laughs> um, then they ended up getting this director, Marco Brambilla. I mean, am I saying that right, Kerwin? Brambilla. Brambilla. I'm just going to call him Marco because we know I have trouble with names. But anyways, um, this was going to be his first film. He wasn't actually attached to this project. He was known as doing uh, commercials in Hollywood and all that and wanted to actually do a movie. And he was actually tied to the movie Richie Rich with Macaulay Culkin. Damn, However, nice. because of budgets, that got pushed back. And then he was ended up doing this movie. I'll show you how. But he never got to do Richie Rich. And I actually looked up the director and it wasn't this guy, Marco. Um, it was actually David Fincher who uh, recommended to producer Joe Silver that Marco should be the director of Demolition Man. Um, He then met with Stallone. Somehow, um, I think Stallone started to become attached, and I couldn't find out what pushed Sylvester Stallone over the edge to do this movie. I believe he at least turned it down once, if not a couple times, but then once he was on board, they began doing another rewrite with Daniel Waters, and they eventually began shooting eight months later. Um, Stallone, at the time, though, was good friends with Jackie Chan and wanted him to play uh, uh, Phoenix. (laughs) I don't see that either. No. Is it because, though, we're so attached to Wesley Snipes? No, it's the language thing, though. Yeah. Jackie Chan. Well, Jackie Chan did not want to talk? do it because at the time he is a hero. They really frown upon a, a, a hero than doing a character as a villain. Right. Like right. the audience doesn't really accept it, so that's why he declined it. Um, but uh, we end up knowing who plays Simon Phoenix. It was Wesley Snipes. He turned down the role though several times, 
and Marco and the producer Joe Silver, I guess Joe Silver is like a really ambitious guy. They went to the set of Rising Sun just to try to convince him to do the movie. Like like literally personally went to the set while they were filming, trying to get him to do the movie. And then the next day they got a call. Snipes was like, all right, I'm in. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. But at first he was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. You know? I mean, can you imagine this movie without him? Like, no, I can't. Exactly. Oh, but what action star can you put in that place? At the time, I don't Simon know. Simon Phoenix. I don't know. I think you got to give credit to the casting director for getting this right, guy. Right, you got to think, like, 93, yeah. 90s. Who's who's available at that time? Morgan Freeman. Steven, Steven, <laughs> Steven Seagal. <laughs> Steven Seagal was available. Where are the future guns? But you got to think, I think at that time, Wesley Snipes is the perfect role because he actually did carry some of his, uh, like, New Jack City personality yeah. into the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of like that mix of... You know the witty sarcastic bad guy who is like hey i'm a badass but i'm also going to crack jokes while i'm doing it you know what i mean <laughs> I, i'm gonna get in my treasure but the part where he's about to take the guy's eye out and he just <laughs> every time every time i laugh dude it's yeah, like my good, treasure man. um but anyways um getting into hugsley um who is played by uh sandra bullock was not the original choice. In fact, they did hire Lori Petty and they actually filmed some scenes. So I did some digging to look up what scene that was. The sex scene is what they filmed with Lori Petty and Sylvester Stallone. Now the reason why I know that, I guess there was just no chemistry or they weren't even getting along. So they end up firing her and then they brought in Sandra Bullock. The scene that you see of them, Sandra Bullock, they had to reshoot that. And if you notice the apartment is like just vomiting 20th century, right? Because the first time they shot with Lori Petty, I guess the director was like, it just doesn't seem like she's that passionate. So then they just did more on the second reshoot. So it kind of worked out, you know? I could not find out though how they got Sandra Bullock. It just said, yeah, we fired Lori Petty and we got Sandra Bullock and we were just lucky to have her. And I'm just like, that's it? Like, <laughs> how did that happen, you know? Um, but anyways, yeah, she, this was kind of, I think, her big breakthrough. Um, I did read a story that she was uh, on set with Rob Schneider, basically talking about her next movie that she was doing, which was going to take place on a bus. And Rob Schneider was like, that movie's going to suck. You know, <laughs> like, but yeah, that's what speed is, you know. And anyways, um, I guess, though, Stallone and her became, like, really close throughout the, the filming of this, almost to where Sandra Bullock said he was, like, a big brother to him, oh. to her, sorry. And uh, so much that uh, he was, bit, and I had to bring this up, at the time, he was really big into golf. He said he was on like a golf kick, like getting lessons during like the off days and doing stuff. And he would bang on her trailer to get her at, in the middle of the night to go hit balls at the driving range. And oh, she was cool. like, he was cr yeah. So it was kind of cool. I guess they they were really like close. Yeah. Um, for the rest of the cast, I don't really have much on them. I'm just going to kind of show who they were and where they're from. If you guys notice, so the chief of police guy, the guy that's bald headed, that you know where he's from? The famous movie. Um, um, Shawshank. You know, Shawshank Redemption. That, that's where I knew him. Um, He's kind of an ass in this movie, don't you think? He's always yeah. against, you know? Yeah. yeah um, it was an ass. Rob Schneider, he's in obviously a bunch of Adam, Adam Sandler movies. and <laughs> I, I, He doesn't fit this movie to me. I don't understand. Is it because I've seen Deuce Bigelow and other stuff? It's like, I don't know. I don't get it, you know? Every time I see Rob Schneider, all I can think about is that South Park episode where they're just like, Rob Schneider as this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you got this guy called Troy Evans. He's one of the other cops. I was freaking out because I could not figure out. He's the heavier set one with kind of like the flat top. I couldn't figure it out, and I finally figured out he's from Ace Ventura. He worked for the Miami Dolphins with mm. Courtney Cox. That's where I knew him from. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, got, Robert Pedactor or something? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, Nigel Hawthorne, that's the guy that's the doctor that basically saved. Is it San and 
Angeles, right? Or is it in, yeah, San Angeles. Um, he, I guess on set, did not get along with Snipes and Stallone. Like there was really like some tension. I don't know oh. if you see it in the film. Um, we have Benjamin Bratt. What movie also is he in? There's, he's in a lot, right? I, I couldn't think of it either. Congeniality? I don't know. Is he in Congeniality? I don't know that. But anyways, if you look that up, I'll get to the next one. One of my favorite characters of this is Edgar Friendly, played by Dennis Leary. He's been in other movies like The Sandlot. Um, he's big for being a stand-up comedian um, where he does like vent during his shows. Um, they said he kind of let that character be established when he vents to Stallone about, I want to have cigars and Playboys and all that other stuff. You know, right. They said that was kind of like his personality that he brought to that character. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of like the cast. Getting into the filming. Um, this, well, real, real quick, though. Yeah. There's one guy, the police captain in the first the opening scene because mm-hmm. uh, you talked about Lethal Weapon and how right. it's kind of influenced well, same, we, cap. same captain right. as there is Lethal a connection Weapon. to that and if you notice in Sandra Bullock's or Hogsley's Lethal, Lethal, Lethal Weapon 3 up there yeah, yeah no I just yeah. I saw that too That's yeah um, well just to add on to the Dennis Leary thing did you know they rewrote his for him for right. him yeah that's what I, I because I, they, they wanted him to kind of be this free spirited you know mm, kind yeah. of you know hey Say fuck how everybody that's how I want you know what I mean they wanted him to be a friendly character. Oh. Uh, that's all I got. <laughs> Take a break. Sorry, guys. Just <laughs> marinate. Okay. Right. That's about as worse as this bang that I'm drinking. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kerwin. Um, all right, so getting into filming. This is a future film, so they did have some tasks. But prior to that, you have that opening scene that I talked about. They actually got the idea to shoot it the way they did because the L.A. riots happened six months prior to this movie. Um, The building that you see blow up is an actual building that they were allowed to blow up. So the explosion is really cool because they were able to be given more freedom. But it was an old abandoned water and power building. I guess they put like gasoline in the actual. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So just the FYI, my mom used to work at Water and Power. Really? So yeah, I already knew about all that stuff before it happened. So they actually blew this up. I think they had to do four hours of safety checks before they could actually do it. And they had 13 different camera angles to capture it. Yeah. Yeah, Which is a waste of explosion in the first five minutes of the movie, but continue. Um, So the LA riots, though, I want to bring this up, not only did inspire that scene, and I hate to say inspire because it's awful, but that's kind of the influence of it, but they actually used real photos from the LA riots when you're in the museum uh, with Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Sloan. Those are actual photos of the LA riots. Oh, that's pretty cool. I thought that was kind of cool, yeah. Um, So that kind of takes care of that whole scene, but then you get into the opening credits slash freezing scene, however you want to call it. They kind of, the director described it as like usually like a dead man walking, but this is at the beginning of the movie to set the tone, like he's going in for a sentence. If you look around, the building is not complete. There's like tarps around and all that. It's because they were running behind in production from according to the director, and they thought like, well, this is a good way to show that they're still developing this facility because the next time you see it, it's all clean and like polished and all that. And it's supposed to kind of like show you, hey, we're now in the future kind of thing. They do show you it's August 2nd, I believe, 2032, which is in two days, August 2nd. So we're kind of getting up on that day. But uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that's where you have that. Um, the freezing part, this was interesting. Stallone would actually get into those chambers and have it filled with glycerin. I think it's like a different texture than water. That's why it looks like kind of like, oh, that's how they're going to freeze them. Yeah. And he said it was the worst five hours he's ever had to shoot because it was like terrifying. So they would fill him up and the director would be like, hey, if you're in trouble, hit. But they were like drowning him in this stuff to get the shot. Like, that's insane to me. (laughs) Like Dedication. He he said it was the worst five hours he's ever had to shoot. 
Um, they ended up making the frozen cubes with Rebekova Sylvester Stallone life-size. Um, he had duplicates of the frozen John Spartan made because, if you guys remember, he was a, um, an owner of Planet Hollywood. And there was one up in Lake Tahoe when I used to go. And I remember seeing one of those replicas up in the actual uh, restaurant. Um, he did have a say on how he wanted to look. He wanted to make sure he looked, because it was going to be completely naked. He goes, make sure I'm really manly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, I don't think the ones at Planet Hollywood had that. They were kind of blurred that out. But on this one, they're like, you can be naked, but you're going to give me a picture. I'm well equipped. So I don't know. It was really interesting. But uh, getting into the unfreezing part, uh, Jason, I'm going to bring it. What do you think of his physique? I, I mean, he is ripped, right? Now, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's ripped. The director said he allowed us to shoot him naked in that scene. It was very comfortable. But prior to that, he would do his push-ups and get a pump in before they actually filmed it. Oh, dude. Like, that, like just yeah. weird. Like, like I'm hoping he had a talent or something doing the push up yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's in shape. Yeah, yeah, he's in shape. So the futuristic look the director talked about was a challenge. Um, inside the buildings that you see, like the cryo facility, the police department area, I guess I'm going to call that, they wanted to use like metallic surfaces so it had reflections, very clean and simple, but a lot of grays and silvers, if you guys can see that. Um, the director explained in the commentary, though, that the hardest thing to do for this futuristic film is the actual cars, because not only do you need to make them to look futuristic, but they need to run, right? So, so General Motors actually provided the production team with 18 concept vehicles, including what they called an ultra light that's the main car that you see the police have it as well as it's in the background um, they ended up making 20 extra fiberglass replicas of this car for the movie so you could have more and I believe that ended up costing this movie an extra two million dollars just to have that which is insane yeah but if you notice the cars have a different tone as far as color he says like at the time in the 90s I think we wanted like bright red and there was vibrant colors this it was like hey it's really simple and that's why you see a lot of just like blues and grays and I think blacks and all that he didn't want it to be vibrant anymore and I, he thought that's what the future looks like for a car I don't know kind of interesting but uh, what did you guys think of the fashion in the film like the way they dressed and the future it is bro these motherfuckers are on Coruscant like they, <laughs> they look they look like they're on Coruscant so they, they look like they have robes right yeah there's a reason for that the director thought that at this moment in time, now back in the 90s, there was, especially where we live in the Inland Empire, smugglers, right, you know? They thought that we would be damaging the ozone so much that the sun's rays or radiation would be so much stronger at this point in time. So that's why a lot of them are all covered up. It's like there's a reason. It wasn't just like, oh, it looks futuristic. It's like, no, no, we need to have <clears throat> uniforms where we're covered up because of the, the sun exposure because we've just destroyed the planet. I, I thought that was interesting. I think it says the tone of like, that time period like you know how bland that future was mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's yeah. nothing exciting right, about right, it right. like everything about it was just bland it was it's like a, a taco with no cheese it's trash <laughs> <laughs> wait hard shell or soft or soft taco doesn't matter no no cheese on the soft taco man no no cheese on that it's listen cheese only on hard shell listen it's like biscuit no gravy i mean kool-aid no sugar it's just trash man. <laughs> like there's no excitement about it like if i knew that was the future i'd stay in the 90s <laughs> It's peanut butter, no jelly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, getting back into the filming. But they, but real quick, they never, like, discussed that, right? No, and the reason I did not at all ever read that, I just, in the director commentary, because I own the movie, so for me to do the research, I decided to put on and listen to the commentary. That's literally when you see them in the San Andreas 
area outside. That's what he talked about, why they're dressed the way they are. Because he thought that there was, like, we would be, I don't know. I mean, say it, like, somehow in the movie, though, if you're going to, like, think he, about it like And that, if you look, know. there's times at night, they kind of, I think they stole a page from Back to the Future, where the curb has, like, fluorescent lighting. He, he went into a great detail to try to make it as futuristic as he could. I mean... Again, though, this is this guy's first movie ever. It's not bad, you know. I mean, yeah, like, right. he really went into detail. Yeah, <laughs> you got to have an imagination for twenty thirty two in the year yeah nineteen ninety three. Right. I mean? Yeah, I got to give him credit for that being like that kind of detail oriented. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, this looks cool. It's like, no, there's a reason why they're dressed like. I mean, I guess you're right. I wish they would have explained it. Yeah. Yeah, because it's you're a cool right. thought. Yeah. Like, it could have been one line. Yeah. Or something, or in yeah. a narr- or in a narration or something. Like, like telling, hey, this is how we dress because of the ozone to like you know Wesley Snipes or I don't know. Or or just alone, right, yeah. yeah. Sandra Bullock could have said it to um, So they filmed a lot of the outdoor footage that you see in Orange County, especially in Irvine. Um, I think there was some commercial buildings. I couldn't know if they were new or not, but they had that. I don't know much about the architecture. Is that Art Deco? Is that what that is? Where it's like, it's that glass that's, you know what I'm saying? But it looked like that. But um, they felt that if they could have the cars and that clean look of that outside, it would feel futuristic, especially as they set up like the kiosk that you see where Wesley Snipes and all that. They felt like that would suffice enough. Um, he wanted to film a lot underneath the trees as well for some reason. For I don't, I don't know. It was just kind of like, it was going really fast when he was doing it. But that's where you get all of the outdoor stuff. But notice how what they're showing is LA is because there was a great earthquake. So you're seeing it as like flat because they like, like change the, the layout of the land and those historic buildings, like your Chinese theaters or the, the skyline, those have all been demolished, which is why you have all these newer buildings. And that's why they thought Irvine and orange County would be a good setting for your outdoor shoots. Yeah. It sounds yeah. like they, well, from the movie, I gather they just built on top of like all yeah. the ruins. Yeah. And, and that's why, yeah. that's why they're supposed to show it that way. Yeah. They also did some X-ray shots at the LA convention center, along with San Diego's convention. Center, they did add more images when you see it. Um, I think the director wanted to add more for a background to kind of look, but I guess they didn't have a lot of time towards the end of post-production, so they weren't able to put as much as they want into. It's kind of a trash for me, because I know exactly what the San Diego convention looks like, and when I see it, I'm like, that's San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> same thing about the LA convention. The LA one, and yeah, so. But uh, getting into like the main scene, the final scene, that cryo facility, <laughs> that was actually on a stage. Um, I think the director realized that it was such a good backdrop and such a big part of the movie. When you see Stallone finding out what's going on, all of those shots have that in the background because you really want to focus it and then use it at the end for the fight scene. But uh, but yeah, that's where they filmed a lot of stuff. Now there's a couple other things I want to get into. The one thing is the Taco Bell. I mean, it is just shoved down your throat, right? You know, there's a reason for that. Um, originally, it was written for Burger King, but they wanted nothing to do with it. I guess because of the violence and the rating, uh, McDonald's was also attached. But Taco Bell was basically interested. I think at the time they were trying to revamp their like image and all that stuff. Do you remember the little like? Taco Bell, the way it, like a tan with like a, it, 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 it was like, it was like green brown. Yeah, it was really yeah. yeah. And so they were looking for a whole new image, and they thought this is the best way to do it. So it kind of went hand in hand. Um, so that's how Taco Bell was 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 ready to do it. They ended up doing commercials. Like I said, I, I remember those commercials. But here's the kicker, okay? Taco Bell is really only known in the U.S. Okay, so when they got a lot of money internationally, you can't have Taco Bell. So they changed it to Pizza Hut. They dubbed over logos, and they would say Pizza Hut in there. Hundred percent, and it looks like trash. It's horrible. <laughs> it looks I mean, bad. It's, it's like <laughs> so the version. Yeah. The version I watched last night, just because I wanted to be different, was like a UK version. Yeah, and it's literally you see Stallone's crooked mouth say Taco Bell. 
but it says pizza on the side. You know what I mean? It is so bad. So bad. Wait, so I got a question. So when they go to Taco Bell and they lay down like the tiny tortillas on his plate, right. like what is, is the food still the same? They still, it's like, it's just a horrible voiceover. <laughs> and then the logos on the window, on the van, everything, it's Pizza Hut. Right. Yeah. I'll even, send you guys the link and I'm telling yeah. you, it is bad. Even the food they bring to the table changes? No, no, it's, oh, it's, it's still the same food. Yeah, still the same food. And they didn't like, like shoot away when he said Pizza Hut or anything. And so everything that says Taco Bell, it's replaced with the words Pizza Hut. <laughs> And the reason why they went with Pizza Hut is because Taco Bell, at the time, I, I don't know if it still is, Taco Bell and Pizza Hut are underneath the same corporation. So that's why they did that. With yeah. good old KFC. Yeah, KFC. There's another one, too. I forget what it was. There was like five restaurants that I recognized. Well, in L.A., you literally had the trifecta yeah. behind yeah. Bulletproof Glass, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's get into the three seashells, okay? Um, oh, boy. Writer Daniel Waters was trying to find a way to have a futuristic bathroom and called a friend for advice. This friend says, I got seashells in my bathroom right now. And he says, I'm, I'm gonna make that work, you know? And so that's what they have. I personally don't think they ever had a plan. I don't think, because at the end of the movie, the cliffhanger is, I had the damn three, I don't think they ever wanted to explain it. However, according to IMDB, Sylvester Stallone has stated in interviews, do you want to take it? I'll let Rich take it. Because I, I couldn't <laughs> believe when I read this. Okay, this is according to Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. So, eventually, <laughs> The whole idea behind these three seashells were two were to pull out the waste of your ass, and then the third one was to scrape the excess. What? I swear, I have the exact same thing in my notes. How is this thing? I feel like Sylvester Stallone just improvised on that, just to answer the question. You mean the time? I'm not even After gonna. all these years, man, it's That's... finally clear to me. But you used two to grab like chopsticks to pull it out your ass. <laughs> And then you use the third to scrape off whatever was left. He doesn't know to use the three seashells. I'm sorry. Do we wash these in between uses? Like, who knows? What if it's liquid? Who knows? Yeah. What does the restroom look like? Yeah. You scooping it like soup? No. Can I can I read the exact quote from Stallone though? Yeah. Oh, let's let's hear it. Okay. So. Got ready. Yeah, it's in my trash and treasure because I gotta look this shit up. It says. Uh, it was in a 2006 interview. He says, quote, you hold two seashells like chopsticks, pull gently and scrape what's left with the third. It's hard to say if such a technique would actually work in reality, which is to say nothing of how them, how the seashells themselves would be cleaned after usage. On reflection, it's easy to see why Demolition Man didn't explain how they work, or even worse, showed how they function. <laughs> End quote. Yeah. Wait, that's from Stallone? That's from Stallone. Such a scientific <laughs> evaluation of that. Um, so that's the majority of the movie, but I have a lot of other stuff, so I'm kind of getting into random facts. If you guys have stuff, just kind of chime in. Um, I want to get into, and I'm going to go to you on this, Kerwin, Wesley Snipes fights. Did you think at all they looked weird or he was awkward at all? I think because you watch a lot of those kind of movies, right? Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, he's a martial artist. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think uh, you know a lot of his kicks and all that stuff were real. Um, I do think you know it's like kind of a thing in a lot of like Western movies is like when you have um, fight scenes, you tend to cut cut away from the action at the moment of impact. I mean, that's just like a typical thing when you have like Western martial arts or fight scenes. But the, the reason why they, they said that it he looks uncomfortable on some scenes. I didn't. I thought he did a great job. The reason being, he yeah, he's a black belt and all that stuff. That if they shot him the way he normally could do it, he was so fast that it was actually blurry on camera. So they had to actually have him like tone it down, like kind of dumb it down for us because he was that fast. Didn't we do a movie 
a while back where like they had to ask an actor to like slow down or something during a Probably, fight scene. Yeah. I, I, I mean, forget, that's, that's what they said for yeah. Yeah, I forget what movie it was, but we talked about that too. Like that that's kind of been a thing for a lot of martial artists is like they have to ask them to like tone it down because they're too fast for the camera to catch. It wasn't the transporter, was it? Was it the transporter? I think it might have been. It might have, yeah, might have been yeah, the transporter. He's, he's also legit, right? Um, speaking still of Wesley Snipes, he hated his hair in the movie. Yes. Absolutely hated it. He hated it so much that once they were done shooting, he shaved it off. However, though. <laughs> I thought it was cool. Hey, but well, somebody somebody carried on the go. tradition. Take it on, Rich. Go ahead. Good old Dennis Rodman. Yep. <laughs> we this about, inspired him. We talking about double team? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We could review that one too, but this inspired Dennis Rodman to not only have his hair this color, but then he ended up changing it numerous colors after that. Yeah, but he hated it so much. Like he literally shaved his head the minute this was done. Yeah, I don't think the hair color was a problem. It's it's the haircut that's a problem for me. I like it, dude. I, I think it just fits. Like his if character. he would have got like the fade right, or something, yeah, like that would have been cool. But like the fact that it's just it looks like like a Lego hair thing was clipped onto the top of his head. Like, I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. See, I think they were carrying over that New Jack City personality. They man. got that like, Nino Brown. The Gumby. Yeah. Uh, Kerwin, you name off who was in this movie. I went over some of the casting. Did you guys know that Jack Black is in this movie? Jack Black? Yes, he is. He's like one of the, He's one of the freedom fighter people. What, right? what do they call him? It's not scabs or sabs. I forget what they call him. Starts with an S, but anyways, we'll, we'll call him Freedom Fighters. Yeah. yeah, he's in it. I believe he might have had a little bit of a role, but um, I'm gonna get into it when I get to some of the stuff that was cut. I think they cut his arc out, so he just kind of in the entourage of Edgar Friendly. That's it. Yeah, but but no, Jack. I, when I read this and I'm watching it, I'm like, there he is, right there, dude. Yeah. Oh shit, I have to go back and watch. There's that. also well, another. Yeah. Um, big time guy that, big time guy in this movie he's yeah. even in the opening credits and I don't think he says one where he just laughs Jesse Ventura 100% oh, that's he's, right. he's, yeah. he's in there when he's talking about the good old days and he's cheersing yes. now Jesse Ventura is credit but at the very um, beginning of the movie but you really don't see him at all but there was a fight between him and Stallone before he reaches Wesley Snipes but they cut all that out oh. I, I don't know why yeah uh, nice. yeah cause you know what? I didn't even realize he was in the beginning but I did see the credit and I was like holy shit Jesse Ventura's in I don't yeah, know he's really that. not in here like, I yeah. think they're called like the yeah. bastards or something like that yeah. whatever Wesley Snipes is gang is after, I'm gonna you know, get into why they cut a lot of stuff out here in a second but it it's almost like I, I, we'll get into that you know but um the other thing that I wanted to bring up is the the guy that the Dr. Nigel's office, do you remember his office that had that huge fireplace? That yeah. They said, oh, obviously man. that's not real. They said that that, they weren't ready for it, but it would make that room up to 110 degrees. Oh. And they, if you look back, you can see their foreheads like damn near sweating. And if you, the director's like, if you look at the top, you can kind of see the smoke because they weren't ready to like ventilate that out and stuff. They said it was kind of like a bad, it looked cool, but, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but getting into the other part is John Spartan's daughter. So he talks about his daughter. It's in my trash. I'm like what the hell happens to the daughter, right? right yeah. If you watch at the very end, Edgar Friendly, the girl next to him, that is supposed to be his daughter. And he does have a conversation with her. He meets her and all that stuff. I guess the original cut was around two hours and plus. This movie's only like an hour and a half, I think, or an hour and 40. It's 150. 150, okay. So they cut a lot because they wanted to short it down, and they just wanted to stick to the action and the comedy that they have. So the whole arc of his daughter, that's why you never hear about it. They did film scenes, but they end up cutting all that out. And I think that's why you have stuff like Jesse, because I think they wanted to shorten it down. They didn't. It was too long for the producers in the studio at the time. Wasn't there some sort of discussion about Sandra Bullock's character possibly being his daughter? There wasn't discussion. I think they were they were scared that he was going to be intimate with a girl the same age as his daughter. 
that was the one thing I read, but I didn't read about that. The one thing that I want to bring up, it's weird. On IMDb, there was like three things that talk about his daughter, and this only one had this to say. On the video footage of when they're doing their research on John Spartan, and he's carrying a girl, and he says, fuck you, lady, right? They're kind of saying that was his daughter, but then it wasn't said in the other two posts on IMDb. So I don't really know for sure if that is. I don't, it's like a theory that that was, yeah, that was like his daughter there. But they, they did have like a whole arc where he talks to her, learns about her. I, I mean, and, and like, I don't know if he had like ends up saving her or something at the very end. I couldn't get, but I know they just, they cut everything out. And the director said it was kind of hard to fit this in with everything else going on. So, so I, I don't know. Why mention her then? Like cut all that out too. I don't. Yeah, I mean, they they mentioned how that the wife died in the, the 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 big quake, right? But I don't, I don't know. Yeah. How old How old does a girl look? Because I don't remember that part at the very end. She's just a little girl. I mean, she's like seven or eight. Well, there's no way he could be, that could be her, his daughter then. Yeah, she would have to be thirty. Yeah, she, she has to be thirty. Thirty six. At, yeah, least. at yeah. least. Yeah. He's frozen. He's frozen for thirty six <laughs> years. Right. No, no, that footage as them researching. When he was, when oh, she was a little kid in, in, in the video. Yeah, when they're oh. like, they're like, how did you guys take that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. They're like, how did you take? And then she's like, fuck you, lady. You know, like, yeah, f- yeah. Oh. That's what, that's the girl I'm talking about. So, I thought you meant at the end with Edgar Friendly or whatever. I thought you meant there was a little girl. No, next no, no, to no, no, no. She, no, she's older now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. she's older. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um, so that's a lot of what I have in the movie. The one thing I want to bring up before I get into there is possibly a sequel happening. Um, it's a successful movie, but this Hungarian guy by the name of Istvan Namir, I think is he claims that Hollywood stole this idea of Demolition Man from him in 1986. He wrote a novel called Holtak Harka, where their terrorists are frozen and awakened in the 22nd century to find that violence no longer exists. He claims that Demolition Man is a 75% match to his book. And they basically stole the idea from him. Um, however, he never filed a lawsuit, and he thought it would just be way too expensive to go up against Hollywood lawyers. So he never got nothing out of it. Nothing ever happened. Yeah. Wow. Um, there is a sequel um, in 1993. U.S. Magazine said they were planning on doing a sequel in 95, but that never happened. And then I think they kept going back and forth. However, during quarantine, I guess Sloan on social media on May 4th did say that a sequel is in development. According to Wikipedia, I have not heard anything about it. I don't know how they would do a sequel. I, I don't. I don't know. Like, well, they get Michael B. Jordan. And he's the son of he's the son of Wesley <laughs> so, Snipes. Yeah, and that's it. But uh, but yeah, that's what I got for uh, for demolition, man. So if you guys got anything, let me know. Man, Stallone just keeps going back to that, that same well, Rambo, fucking yeah. Rocky. Rocky. And it's just yeah. like, come on. And he does Creed on top of the Rockies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Multiple expendable movies. Like it's just, I mean, I guess it's making money. So yeah, man. whatever. Cash grab. Yeah. What's his uh, stop and ride? Mom will shoot. Oh. So <laughs> sequel, man. I believe though, Cliffhanger came out right before this. And then this movie was right after because he had done Stop and My Mom or Shoot in another movie that wasn't getting like the attention like people wanted as far as like a big superstar. So the Cobra or what was it? I don't know. I just oh. remember the director talking about like Cliffhanger and then this put him back as like you're that mm. superstar like Schwarzenegger and, and all that stuff, you know. So, yeah, but uh, but yeah, that, that, that's the movie. So anyone else got anything? Any uh, fun facts? There was a there was Oscar. Tango and Cash. Maybe it was Tango and Cash. And uh, I the, still have not seen that movie. The, I gotta watch it. The Specialist that came out between '89 and '94. Uh, I like Tango and Cash. I gotta watch it. Is it good? Uh, no, it's <laughs> cheesy, <laughs> yeah. but it's it's I don't know. It's entertaining. Okay. It does what it's supposed to. Yeah. Let's get into our trash and treasure. Rich, what is your trash and treasure with Demolition Man? Well, there's a lot of trash and a couple <laughs> treasures. Um, <laughs> 
So I think some of the treasures was you got two guys and two main stars of this movie that literally are at, I don't want to say the peak, but they're well-known worldwide. They're two action stars, so you know kind of what's going to happen before the movie even starts, right? Um, this is before, you know, trailers were good and stuff like that. But um, I think the, the, the storyline was good. I think the plot was good. The acting to me was a little bit cheesy, even for 93. It's just... There's a couple cheesy parts, yeah. Yeah, it's cheesy. You're on TV? <laughs> like, come on. But, right. I don't know. It's just, it kind of fit the movie, though. I mean, some of the quirkiness and stuff like that, like, I get, but it's like, like, come on, like, I'm, I'm here to see Stallone True. versus Snipes. You got, right? You're right. I'm looking for that clash of titans, right? Because you got to <laughs> think, right? So just, just give you a, a quick breakdown, right? Wesley Snipes was coming off of Major League, which is kind of a cheesy movie, but then he's a king of New York, New Jack City, Jungle Fever, eh, and then you got White Man Can't Jump, Passage of 57, Boiling Point, Rising Sun. These are all movies right before Demolition Man came out. And then on the Stallone side, you had Rocky, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rambo, Rocky 4, Rambo 2, Rambo 3, Rocky 5. Right? These are all right before. It doesn't venture much out of the <laughs> right. But that's what I'm saying. You still have these two historical right. giants coming at each other. And then it's like, this the shit they put out? You know what I mean? So it was a little maybe overhyped. Obviously, I didn't see it really in theaters. I kind of saw it when it came out on VHS and DVD and stuff like that after the fact. But I thought it was a, a decent movie. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and give it my rating just yet. But it, it wasn't all the hype, I guess you can say. Is, is my take on it. Some of the trash things, obviously the cheesy one-liners, I, I just couldn't do it. It happens often. Uh, the waste of explosives in the first five minutes. Yep. You know, I, I thought it was just <laughs> overdone for something so minute in the movie. Yeah. Right? And it's probably like the best explosions too. Yeah. Like there's some at the right. end that look like shit. Right. I apologize for not putting this in the, but the explosion at the end of that facility, because they were done filming it, they actually did blow that part of that's real explosions it's not a miniature set oh of the cryo facility yeah it's kind of interesting yeah so some of the the trash takes on this and just bear with me um i didn't care too much about the the verbal ticket machine i i hated that's my treasure i I hated it. it because the thing is is that if you're gonna if you're gonna do it like do it all the way right i'm talking when when they're in the um museum and during the fight scenes and all that stuff, even though the place is a wreck, I still want to hear, you are like now you, fine. Da, 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 da. I feel like you do, though. Not not the whole time. Oh, they don't? Not the whole it's time. It's just in the dialogues, huh? Right. Okay. So it's just, and it's like, I want to see more of that. If you're going to commit, commit all the I way. Just, my favorite just, is just a random so one. So that's just my job. But let me just shove a leash on my ass. <laughs> you are fine. What could I just laugh? Yeah, I think uh, especially in the second, like the last third of the movie, it just stops it all together. It stops, exactly. Yeah. yeah, because like when they're when they're having the fights, when they're just having conversation, it just pops up, pops up, pops up. And then it's like they give up towards the end. And I'm like, no, like, I like right. that. Yeah. that if you're going to do it, and that's the thing, it's not necessarily the concept. For me, it's like, if you're going to do it, go 100% yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so that was one of my trash. I put it in the trash for that of the treasure. It was a good idea. Yeah. And I liked it. I loved but it. if you're going to commit, commit all the way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, another shitty part of this movie, and I know it's so, <laughs> so minute, but the no contact. So like when they actually do the high five and then the swirl, yeah, hated it, hated it. <laughs> Even worse, 
was you actually kind of briefly mentioned it was the quote unquote sex scene. Oh, gosh. Listen, if I can't touch a titty, <laughs> or if I can't fondle a, a fanny, then we have a problem. <laughs> we have a problem. When they put on that headset and got busy, I thought it was trash. It was it's terrible. It's supposed to be trash, you know? No, listen. But, but it's just like, they put on fucking Cerebro like, <laughs> to have sex and shit. Like, what the fuck? Listen, I, I thought that through was and you are so fine. Bad. One credit for the... Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was bad, man. But, I mean, all in all, it was okay. But I thought it was just overrated for the stars that were coming into this at their peaks. Right? This is Wesley Snipes pre-tax evasion. Ouch. Was and it really? <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. This is what started it, yeah. And this was also, you know, Stallone. Granted, he's 47 years old, still making movies at this age. You know what I mean? Like star-powered movies. So, I mean, all in all, you know, my last thing, my last trash, just, and you guys can kind of elaborate on this too, the properness of this new era of civilization. Like, I didn't like how... It's boring. Huh? Yeah, it's yeah. just very, like, it, it just shows, like, as a society, we got all futuristic and then just became, like, monotones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just I just, robots, I didn't, huh? yeah, I didn't yeah. feel it. Well, do you feel that the emotional vacancy experienced by the civilization at this time during the post-apocalyptic setting that it's set in has more to do with the technological advancements that have uh, affected good, our man. emotional <laughs> strengths? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to stop you there. Oh, man. I just think they could have did a little bit more. You know what I mean? There's nobody that's edgy in this new age of life. You know what I'm saying? All this technology. And if you kind of look at the technical people around, I guess you can say, you know, the Bezos, the Elons and stuff like that, the, the Zuckerbergs. I mean, they're all nerds. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there is some kind of edge to them. You know what I'm saying? So I think just that portrayal. Granted, we can't necessarily look into the future 30 years, but like, come on. Yeah. You gotta touch a titty. <laughs> <laughs> That's gotta be the sign out today. Yeah. Touching titties and Touching fondling titty. fanties, man. <laughs> it's gotta be. Jason, what is your trash and treasure? So my first trash, uh, the crazy bungee drop out of the helicopter in the first scene. <laughs> it's like, so it's not a bungee, really. He like just drops. There's no way. No, like, you no. would die. Yeah, one. yeah, you're dead. Um, movie over. <laughs> He's the demolished man at that point. Uh, um, they say the title of the movie within the first six minutes. I don't like that. Yeah. Once they found where the car was, Phoenix was driving, like when he's trying to find the, he gets in that police car. Well, right after that, or sorry, right before that, four people were just murdered. Like they're talking about the murder, death kills. Right when they find um, where Phoenix is at, it's like no one mourns those people. They just forget about these people. It, it becomes a huge issue because nothing happens. Right. And it's like all of a sudden there's four people that get killed, that get murdered. And then it's like, oh, well, we found Phoenix, so let's go do this. And then they're laughing within like seconds of them saying that four people just died. I don't know. I thought that was dumb. Yeah. It, that would have been in that kind of society. Because they haven't seen anything like that. Right. No. They didn't even know what an MDK right. was. You know? Yeah, and it's like they I had to research what that even fucking meant. And it's like, I don't know. I didn't like that. They just gloss over it. The seashells, I thought it was stupid. Um, <laughs> like, it's funny, but explain it. Like, they don't do that. When Sandra Bullock can, like just says fluid transfer... 
a million fucking times when I talk about kissing or sex. And she's like, oh, you're talking about the archaic fluid transfer? And I'm just like, man, shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> the, the knitting, I think that's dumb. Him having oh, a knit. Man. I feel like I've seen that in another movie, too. But I don't know. I thought that was dumb. The score is fucking terrible. I thought the Oldsmobile dealership that they pop out of was like the most random choice to fucking put in here. Wait, they made it to the future? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm like it's, like, it's like Pontiac didn't even make it. Like, what the fuck? Regardless, when was the last time you saw an Oldsmobile dealership? I'm talking the last 20 years. You've, if you've seen one, I get that he's driving the 442. Right. Like, I get it, and that's why they did it. And it's funny. I, I get it. But it's like... Really? Like, just pick a different car then. Like, I don't know. Well, out of all the cars, a 442 is what's going to last that long? Like, come on. And it's just sitting there. Everything else is in ruins. People are not eating all this stuff. Rat burger. Yeah, rat (laughs) burger. But this car, no, no, no. This car made it. Shiny red, baby. I'm sorry. That car, that car should have been a gray 99 Civic. Like, that's (laughs) that's what that car should have been. Exactly. It should have been like a, a, a Toyota pickup or something. That's what made it. But no, it's this cherried fucking 442. I'm like, okay, I guess. Um, th- these guys are all horrible, horrible Shots. marksmen. They are even the Wesley Snipes and Spencer Stallone. They never hit anyone, dude. I'm like, Wesley Snipes is shooting at Stallone, probably from 30 feet away with an automatic weapon, and it's like. <laughs> Come on, man. Get it. Come on, dude. It's what? like, you think he'd be a better shot because his name is Wesley Snipes. Oh. That's all gotcha. I got. Nice. Last trash is the end credit song. Yeah. Like, I was like, what in the fuck are we doing right now? <laughs> I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. It doesn't fit the movie at all, huh? No, the, like, I don't. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I, I, it's Sting. It is Sting. It's, it's the cold demolition, man. But I, and I get, but it, it's. No, you do not put this in there. <laughs> no, I'd rather just have some sort of a longer score or something. Right, you know, yeah, I, I, I think the whole score was just shit yeah, though. Did not fit. Even. Treasure. I like how they just jump right into the action. I don't know. I know the beginning scene we talked about. I know Rich talked about it a lot, but I, I just like you know, it's an action film. We get right into it. I thought that was good. Wesley Snipes is definitely a treasure. I think it was just amazing. Like his martial. I like his martial arts in this. I thought like it almost made Stallone look bad. Yeah. And it's like, I'll get into it at the end, but, uh, well, I'll, I'll say it right now. In the last fight scene, like, <laughs> I think you see that Wesley Snipes is the superior fighter, and, like, Stallone just got lucky with the freezing thing. Yeah. Like, there's no way he would have lasted. There's no way. Um, Sly's physique, we already talked about. Um, it is a treasure. Um, <laughs> um, it's weird, though. His cap that he wears, it looks just like the cap from uh, Expendables. Yeah, yeah, it looks just like that. I'm like, that's weird, but I, I kind of dug it. Uh, we talked about how the captain is the same captain in Lethal Weapon, and then the uh, Lethal Weapon Three poster in, in Sandra Bullock's apartment, I guess. Um, Rob Schneider, I liked him. I thought, I thought because of the humor, like he fit. If there wasn't the level of humor, it would have been a weird choice if you just had these stupid one-liners. But I think because Stallone, Wesley Snipes, there's like this this humor. I I don't know. I thought he fit. Did they give up? Did they give up on Snyder at the end? Like, did they not pay him off? Or like the end of the movie? I don't know. Cause you're right. He wasn't. Was he there at the end? He's not. He's not even credited. I think. So, oh shit. Really? Yeah. I don't uh, think he's credited. They gave him lines and no credit. Yeah. So, which is weird because I think wasn't it like you have to be credited if you have a spoken line? No, no, no. I think no for. He's t- credited at the end, though, right? No, you have to be credited at the beginning. Yeah, I think for TV, if you have spoken lines, you have to be credited and paid. But I think for movies, you can be uncredited. So. But when I look on IMDb and when I look on 
Wikipedia, it says Rob Schneider as Officer Irwin, and then it just says uncredited. Oh, wow. So, yeah. But maybe maybe it was just like a cameo type role. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But we're going to credit Jesse Ventura. <laughs> like he's in the opening credit. Like, Maga, Maga. <laughs> no sense. I just work here. <laughs> but I think that's like the theme of this movie, just the lack of follow through on some things. Yeah. Um, there's a part where Sandra Bullock is like looking at the screen and I swear it looks just like Minecraft. <laughs> and it's just all the blocks start to go away and they're like, I think they're like zeroing in on where, you know, Wesley Snipes is at. Um, but I just thought that was funny. You, you said it earlier, Muggs, but when Sly slings a TV at Snipes says you're on TV, yeah. I just, I, I, I died. Oh, I died. Um, the Taco <laughs> Bell shit, I, th- I just thought it was like left field. I thought it was funny. Um, when Sandra Bullock says that Wesley Snipes is near, or sorry, Simon Phoenix is near um, the Schwarzenegger Library, yeah. and Sly's like, what? And he's like, yeah, she's like, well, you know, um, we know he's from another country, but according to the 61st Amendment, like, he could be president, President, you know, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my. I could just see it's like yeah. kind of a little jab because they're both action stars. I thought that was good. I laughed, too. This is another one-liner. When, like, that Cocteau or whatever his name is, the governor, he says, be well, and Sly says, Get, uh, says be fucked. I thought that was funny. Um, the car chase scene at the end. And then, yeah, I already talked about just Snipes being the superior fighter. But, yeah, that's my trash and treasure. Patrick, what is your trash and treasure? I uh, apologize again. I had notes at work. Don't, don't have them on me right now. But just from what I remember, what I wrote down, uh, my trash definitely is, it's got to be Sting. The, it is from Sting, the, the yes. song at the end. Yep. I don't know why the hell they chose that. That was just out of left field. Like, the movie, like, I think it has, like, you know, not the greatest theme at all, uh, of all, but, I mean, it, you know, it's cohesive at least. Then at the end, all of a sudden, you're like, is going on here? What is this? It doesn't fit. It has like all this like over, you know. You kind of look back at the screen like, is this really on right now? Huh? Right. Yeah. Uh, the movie was over and I'm just like, why the fuck do they have all this, yeah. all these, uh, you know, instruments in this song? What's, what is this? Like something out of, I don't know. Um, <laughs> it didn't belong. It didn't belong. But I did like definitely the movie is, is, is what it is. It's fucking demolition, man. It's action packed. It starts off real hard, hits you with an explosion, with this it's a hostage situation. It's like, what do you expect from a Sylvester Stallone movie? You're looking for that. He's right now in the 90s, or at that, that moment, head to head with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He has to bring the big guns. So, like, big explosion, Wesley Snipes, you know, Clash of the Titans, like you say. What I really, one of the, the, the better parts of this is the fact that it's kind of, the movie is kind of relevant to. I don't know. Would you kind of see what the future is kind of turning into now, as far as like they don't they don't touch each other. Like you know, you look at the kind of the, the where we're at right now, COVID. Like everybody's kind of staying away from each other, and it's like it's really you can relate to what it's like. The virtual board meetings. Virtual board yeah, meetings. Yeah, that was weird. Or, yeah, it's I like, mean, hey, we're kind of doing that now. <laughs> but I think I think that's a good thing to bring up because uh, you know them. They have uh, they seem to kind of have an emotional disconnect and would rather follow this fucking ridiculous logic that they have and they, they discard kind of emotion because like you talked about Jay people dying nobody gives a fuck but I think there's something to be said about the uh, the physical disconnect and emotional disconnect as it relates to people interacting face to face when you have like your phones your computers right. like, that's exa- exa- yeah. exactly especially when you can't grab a titty right <laughs> I mean be able to touch a titty <laughs> Exactly. Can't, can't touch titties on Pornhub. <laughs> I mean, that, but we're already doing that on Pornhub, right? Yeah. Like, guys who can't get it, like, or anybody who can't. It's like, you know what? Uh, I got my phone or whatever. little fun fact. The wrong number call of the naked girl. Right. She was Miss Penthouse one year. I forget what year it was. But oh, I was nice. like, yeah, that was actually, yeah. I thought that was funny. 
So, I mean, that for one, like, I feel like when I was watching it recently, I was like, oh shit, this is pretty relevant to, to now. Like, we're talking about the, the clothes that everybody's wearing, you know, we're trying to do that with, with society these days anyway. We're trying to, like, they're trying to get this conservative kind of uh, 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 thing with, with people these days. They're trying to say, you know, don't go out, don't fucking see each other, don't oh, touch anybody. There's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of uh, policing of oneself, kind of, is what you're saying, or? So, something along those lines, right? Where, like, all right, so like you have uh, the '90s, right? right? We're at an economic high, at least in America. Um, you know, you're seeing uh, cultures explode. You're seeing, um, you know, hip hop, rock, MTV. You're seeing uh, forms of expression that you have not seen before in fashion. It's colorful. Yeah, it's colorful. There's, uh, you know, sexuality is like booming in the right. '90s, and I feel like um, this society in the future has eradicated all. Right, of that. it's taking yeah. it's taking away all that that free will and 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 life. Yeah. And for that, I think that's that's kind of that's kind of interesting that they went in that direction okay. with uh, everybody just kind of monotone. Everybody kind of looks the same. Even the cars are not even that bright. It's all just you know uniform. So if anything, that's kind of like you could really you know see where okay uh, that makes sense, you know. And I think then it's valuable too that is actually we are kind of headed that way. Like if you look at I know this is kind of random, but if you look at what Kanye has done like the last five years. How he basically debranded and said, "Listen, you know, we're gonna focus on quality instead of quantity of something, right?" Uh-huh. So he comes out with like his, you know, first line of clothing, and what does it look like? Sweats. What's the colors? Earth tones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just this plain idea of, hey, this is what's gonna be the the new thing now. If you look at the transition from the '90s, well, I'm just speaking fashion in general, right. but the idea of people. If you look at what was happening in the 90s to what's happening now, think about it. There's less colorful things out there, right? Everything likes to be, you know, neutral and green safe, and safe. safe, right? And so now it's like this safe society of idealism, right? Nobody's really into art anymore. Nobody's, like, they're just going with the punches of what's cool. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think, like, that transition, you know, just to piggyback on your point, it's like what happened to this this boastful idea of, like, Express yourself. Express yourself, right. Kind of talking about that, I think one of the things is that um, we have this younger generation of people that has grown up with the means to express themselves. And one of the things that I've kind of noticed is that there's the constant forcing down or dismissal of their attempts to express themselves. You know, it's always like, oh, these kids on TikTok, they don't do anything. Or these kids on YouTube, they don't do anything. And it's just like, well, I mean, like you kind of you kind of built the sandbox. You can't expect them to not play in it. You know what I'm saying? It's just like they didn't make TikTok. They didn't make YouTube. They didn't make social media. They grew up with it because... You know, not us specifically, but generation before us put all that shit there. And I think um, one of the things, one of the themes of this movie is uh, introducing kind of chaos into this super illogically overordered world to kind of show them that, hey, you still need that expressiveness in a lot of what you do. You know, off mic, we were talking about how, you know, people might be frustrated in their jobs because they're not seen or heard or allowed to express themselves. And that does cause a lot of frustration. You know, you see it in, you know, it's cyclical in the way we talk about previous generations. We all grow up and then, you know, whatever older generation came before us is gonna shit on us for expressing ourselves. We're gonna do the same thing to the people after us. The people after us are gonna do the same thing to the people before them. You see a lot of the uh, downplaying of the previous generation by a lot of the more monotone, uh, and monochromatic appearing characters in this film and 
what you realize is that Sandra Bullock's character, who has embraced the expressiveness of a previous generation, uh, manages to be successful by introducing the idea that they need to bring some of that old school back. They need to bring back some of that uh, that bygone era back. Or and the fact that she's you know arguably the youngest character in the movie speaks a lot to uh, the importance of learning from a younger generation of people that there are other ways to do things and to not be so rigid. You know that rigidity is not the only way to achieve you know successful results so i think i think there's a there's a deep commentary within this movie oh yeah yeah there definitely is but uh, i i do appreciate the way that they kind of play with that you know i like at the very end that you have edgar friendly on his side i guess they kind of won and he's like we're gonna do this and then all of a sudden sylvester sounds like no wait listen to what they have i think you guys need to meet in the middle of like what they have done in the society is it right now <laughs> what you guys are doing but like let's meet in the middle right. that's our happy ground i so really i, I kind of agree on yeah. that yeah yeah you know, go on from his uh, what Rocky Rocky Four speech. He's can change, we can change, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Everybody you know, I, can change. It's the same shit, man. It's, it's always the same message. Let's just meet yeah. in the middle. You know, so that's that's pretty cool. And, uh, Don't throw in the towel. <laughs> Don't throw the towel, man. <laughs> this is supposed to be an exhibition. <laughs> I mean, all in all, yeah, man, I, I, I liked it. I, again, the deep, deep-rooted um, um, little lessons or, or themes in, the, in this movie, really cool, man. So I'll tell you what, what, I, what I'd pay for it later, but, I mean, I liked it. Okay, cool. Mugs, what about you? I'm going to start with my trash. The product placement, though, in this movie, I just, I can't. You know, like, with the Taco Bell, it's always there. At the very beginning, it's the marble red pack that Wesley Snipes has. Did product placement happen in, like, the 80s? Or was it, like, it was, a, it, it was a function introduced in, like, the 90s? Well, Did Pepsi start it? Yeah, like, Back to the Future, dog. That's, yeah, so, yeah. Saying, yeah, so, so I, it, it is just vomited all throughout the whole film. I, it just, you get annoyed. You're like, all right, we get it, dude. You know, we get it. I, I did like how um, Sly asked for a Marlboro, not a cigarette. Right. Yeah. He asked for a Marlboro. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> Um, the whole intro into LA thing, I like the concept, but like if you look at like the Hollywood signs burning and all that, and I'm just yeah. like, what the fuck is like, this? Like and burning do spots do the they hole. ever tell us how Hollywood or LA got to that point? Like, it's just like, hey, it's on fire, and then these guys are fighting and blow up a building, right. which they wasted. A, a, like, that's a good explosion. And like, you guys trash. I mean, you wasted that whole scene, in my opinion. They I did know. talk about the. Uh urban wars they did yeah okay urban is a euphemism for black people just love that word huh <laughs> urban um, spray paint urban thing at the beginning i did not like that at all i thought that was like yeah, i get what they're trying to do like hey there's still people below and we can counter it but trash um you have the technology to freeze people change their and you have a voice activated to say teddy bear and what's his name just gets out like really like couldn't it like attach to the vo- I mean really like he that's how he escapes teddy bear like because he knows the code word like right. the voice recognition doesn't I, what the fuck is that what should have like, happened is that he has to go in have an eye scan open three different combination locks then he has to go through gate analysis <laughs> <laughs> that's what should have happened um, I, I, I put what happened to the daughter when I did the research I understand why but it still is a trash to me um, my wife I have to credit her for this we're watching this movie and I love the museum scene I really do she goes but she and she's been a critic now because we've we've like, we like trained her to do that and she's like she's like she's like how the fuck are they gonna have live ammunition at a museum I go never even thought of that that's a trash I, dude I the yeah thing. I go yeah they're just they're just taking the artifacts and just <laughs> like what the hell but did you see how Sly literally grabbed the double barrel shotgun yeah. with bullets yeah. 
Wait, Where'd these come like, from? It's, it's ready to go, you know? You know what the problem is? It's not, not only is there live ammo there, but there there is enough to have a 15-minute one-on-one shootout with somebody. Yeah. yeah, It's out of control. But um, it's different. But I mean, you got a 9mm, you got some Glocks, you got 12 gauge. Like, so, come on. So they're at, they're, at, they're at the museum. They're fighting. I, I don't like the whole one-liner. You're on TV. And if you really look closely, okay, that is not Sylvester Stallone. It's a double. Or if it is, it's someone that has hair that's wet. Because when they're cutting and you see Stallone's face, his hair is all nice and clean. Because he does go in the water. And I'm like, that's not Sylvester. It really pissed me off. <laughs> I hate how he got in the car. He forgot to say Simon Says. Like, I'm just, I laugh because it's so stupid, but I, I don't know. Um, seeing the LA and San Diego Convention Center, I think it kind of takes me out. This, I don't know. I just, I'm like, I, I, I recognize it. I don't like it. Uh, Jason, going back, the crochet thing bothers me. I don't know anything about crochet, but I can honestly feel that he could not have crocheted that thing in one night. 100%. Like, there's no fucking way. I think it would take days, right, to make that sweater. You'd have to... We, we, let's, we'll we we'll talk to Erica and ask yeah. what she thinks. So. <laughs> um, Wesley Snipes wearing the shoulder pads. Like, like, mm. like it's clearly, like, you know, the whole neck injury back then. It's like, and all you just put, like, a little tire clipping. It was, like, stupid. It reminded so, me of... Uh, what was the group um, from Kiss? the WWF? Oh, oh the there you go. Yeah. That's what it kind of reminded um, me of. Sandra Bullock, before... Sylvester Stallone like puts her down so he goes to fight she kicks the shit out of this villain bad guy and I'm like but you've been brought up in a generation where you guys don't do this and now you're able to just take on this well, guy without the Jackie support Chan. I get that but without the support of Stallone <laughs> like I mean come on man like Jackie like, Chan movies I've watched a Jackie Chan movie I can't fight like that there's no way you know like you have some I, knowledge base yeah, just I'm in just, case I'm you know? picking but let me get in the treasure <laughs> um, study harder next time <laughs> the, the opening credits like the, the purplish like lettering and him walking going through the chronological of him freezing I thought that was just a cool like the music at that moment to me was great I, I love that did you think it went on a little long though yeah a little bit I think yeah, it went on, yeah. Um, I loved Wesley's hair I kind of wish he didn't have the bleached hair in the present day and then in the future he had it like he's like I'm changing up but I get he was bleached the whole time right but I, I did like his whole not only his wardrobe besides the shoulder pads but his hair and all that stuff the way it is when I already brought it up when he is about to take that guy's eye and he gets down and <laughs> I laugh every goddamn time um, you guys talk about the profanity not carrying out but I feel like I love it the first time Wesley Snipes what is it fuck you and he gets beeped you know and then Sylvester Sloan the first time he noticed, he goes, what the hell is that? And it goes again, you know? And then, and then you go into um, the part as it keeps going. Well, he just shove a leash up my ass. And it just, he's to the point where he he knows it and he just yeah. bypasses it. I just, I don't know. I, I thought it was great. And then the three seashell scene when he has to get toilet paper, I thought that was hilarious. But one of my favorite scenes in the movie, I tagged you guys a uh, $20 ticket in it, is when Wesley Snipes is just walking in the museum, sees these guns, and this poor fucking yeah. dude is right there, just slams him in his head into the <laughs> And for no reason, and I'm like, it's the, I'm like, it's the best scene in the movie, and I love his quote at the very end, Exactamundo. I, I, I remember seeing that on commercials, but uh, but yeah, those are my trash and treasure. Uh, oh man, I got a lot of trash. I feel bad now. Let's do it, man. Oh no, it's not a rip. I feel like, and I'm gonna mix up my stuff a little bit. It's more observational. I feel like Christopher Nolan stole this opening sequence to make the near end sequence in The Dark Knight when Batman infiltrates the uh, building construction site and uh, confronts the Joker for the final time. This opening sequence feels a lot like that confrontation. 
you know, you have the hero in all black who's basically a one-man army taking out dudes versus an eccentric individual in colorful attire. Like, he's got, like, the checkered jacket and colorful clothes and all that stuff. And this person is dangerously insane and has literally held an entire major metropolitan area hostage to the point that the police won't fuck with him, which is literally what happened in The Dark Knight. And uh, he takes a bus of people hostage just like the Joker took that last bus of people hostage in the dark night before yeah. going to that building. Yeah. So like when I saw that, I was just like, oh my God, like this is literally the ending of the dark night. We even have the barrels of gasoline, just like the, just like <laughs> yeah. the gasoline that, that burned Harvey Dent. Yeah. We have uh, Simon Phoenix. He even laughs like the Joker the entire sequence. Like he's always laughing just yeah. like the Joker. Uh, when Stallone is asking where the hostages are at, it's just like the interrogation scene from The Dark Knight because, you know, the Joker says, you know, if you want to save them, you're going to have to break your one rule. And Batman says, I'm considering it. And in this movie, Simon Phoenix says, oh, where did I put the hostages? I swear I'd lose my head if it wasn't attached. And then Stallone says, as he holds him up the same way, he's like, I'll keep that in mind. He even flips him on the table just like Batman flips the Joker on the table at the at the police station. That's so crazy. I did not draw any I correlations. That's so interesting. That at all. Yeah, and it's it is the same thing. Like he's toying with Batman, or he's toying with uh, uh, John Spartan by not not telling him where the hostages are. And by the end of it, his own actions cause the hostage or hostages to die, just like Rachel died in the Dark Knight. That's well, if you think about it, they were already dead before the building blew. Oh, they were dead before the building blew. That's yes. what Wesley Snipes said. Wesley Wrong Snipes. again. He said they were already dead. Oh, okay, yeah. got you. But yeah, I just I just saw a lot of like a lot of similarities between that opening scene. That is pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, and then why is it that we have like full blown cryogenic stasis technology implemented in prisons in 1996? Nothing else about the opening sequence suggests that there's any sort of future tech to be dealt with. And then we just jump to future cryotech. You know, for them to have a behavior altering cryo prisons that keep people alive for decades is insane but we don't have the technology to infiltrate la and get simon phoenix <laughs> like, we have regular guns regular choppers people are bungee jumping into cities and regular ass cars if anything this movie should have started in the near future so that we can kind of have a balance like maybe maybe make it take place in the year 2000 mm -hmm. and like have a little bit of future tech you know what i'm saying or give us an explanation that this is brand new tech that they're trying out because we're in the near future but it's just like it's 1996 like and we just have cryo prisons like this is straight out of fucking like marvel movies or some shit like it, it makes no sense for us to have that automatically and it, it literally looks like you know, going on with the Batman stuff, like it feels like this is like a Mister Freeze plot or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, didn't you Didn't you feel like at the end, like oh. when everything started to freeze, I was like, dude, this is where Mister Freeze. Would be. This is Batman and Robin. It is the yeah, whole last fight sequence. Yeah. Wasn't the same composer in the music? And the it's same? not it's not the same composer, but I did notice that. Like I felt Batman like forever. It felt like uh, Elliot Goldenthal, the guy that did Batman Forever and uh, Batman and Robin. You had the same horns that are like like the same music same sound everything which is crazy because this movie came out first so i wonder i feel like this movie influenced or has uh in common a lot with different batman movies which is crazy you know stallone was put on ice in 1996 and simon phoenix escapes in 2032 and there's no fucking way that 36 years later the united states society has altered its language and culture in such a way without some massive post-apocalyptic cataclysmic societal shift like some war has to have happened some like giver or hunger games type shit 
has to have happened for people to act and dress this way. Not even in, uh, in Minority Report with pre-crime did society get this fucking sterile. Like, if you told me that this was like 100 years in the future, I could believe it. But this is less than 40 years. You know, this is less than 40 years. You know what I'm saying? And to say that there was an earthquake in 2010 is what caused it, I don't believe that shit. Because we only focus on California. What does Detroit look like? What does is, what is fucking Oregon look like? Like, are they still the same? Because everything seems to be focused on California and we talk about San Angeles, but I'm like, does the rest of the world look like this? Like, they, they never mentioned that the whole world looks like this. Yeah, I was going to bring up, because I, I did read it, so I look, the guy that wrote this, the second writer, he also had his hand in Batman Returns. Ah. So that's why there is a connection, yeah, when you're like, it's the same writer. Yeah. Got you, okay. And, uh, you know, we talked about this, the vocabulary, mellow greeting, gross. Um, some of these people were still alive and adults in 1996. So how could society have changed this much? Like, we got rid of fucking alcohol, nicotine, meat. All salt. In, salt. 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 All, salt. All in 36 Chocolate. years. Chocolate. The most offensive. Gasoline. Yeah. The, Titties. The most. <laughs> fondling fannies. Like, the most offensive thing is that they got rid of anything spicy. But Taco Bell's still around. It doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, what is this music? We're singing the like dog food commercials or some shit like right, that. Right. Like, is Snoop Dogg not around anymore? Like What's crazy is that they're talking about mini clips. <laughs> and if you think about it, like Vine, YouTube, stuff like that, TikTok, like those mini clips are now the popular thing that right. we're looking at now. Good on them for predicting that. Um you know, these cops are only 36 years in the fucking future and they forgot what a 187 is. Like they are harboring criminals from the 20th century, a century that many of them actually lived through and they forgot what these codes are. Like we just watched, you know, the warden die on camera. Like not only did we forget that, you know, what crime codes are, but we also forgot how to call emergency medical <laughs> services. Like the way they react to like loss of life is like fucking stupid. So the guy that said that they copied this from his book, do you think this movie would have been better if it's in the 22nd century? Yes. And then therefore it's like, it's been so long that it's everything is irrelevant that we know and that's why it is the way it is. I mean, yeah, I if you, if you, you made this- they were just scared to do that? A hundred years in the future, yeah. I could believe it. Yeah. But but like 36 years, like they still have- the, There's the, still people, like the, the one guy was living, yeah. He's yeah, the living, chopper yeah. pilot is still there and I'm right. like, there's no, like even the, the police chief had to be alive. Yeah. That's you know, one, maybe two generations removed. You yeah. Know what I mean? yeah. Like it's not that far off. How big was this earthquake, man? Yeah, and and the thing that that's so stupid is like they show up to confront Wesley Snipes at the at the fucking information booth, and the first cop literally asks Siri on how to deal with him, and he gets a fucking PowerPoint presentation with stick figures that shows him how to how to fucking apprehend a criminal. Which I th that was pretty funny. Yeah, right? I, you know. or else. Yeah. No, I mean you know with the whole like the whole defund the police kind of thing. That's kind of the direction I think it would go. People forget, like, oh shit, how do we? Yeah, but deal thirty-six with years later. Well, no, I, I, like you said, if it was a hundred yeah. years or whatever. Yeah, I cool. could, I could believe it. If they right. said, if they said World War Three happened, right, I could believe yeah. it. But like the fact that like one earthquake happened in one corner of the United States and the whole world has changed, that I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, a computer that talks endlessly would be a nightmare. Could you imagine if Siri or Alexa narrated everything going on on your computer? Like, Pornhub query, <laughs> step-siblings, stuck, washing machine. Okay. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we got the police chief. Like, he just all of a sudden grows a pair of balls when he's addressing Spartan after, you know, waking him up from cryosleep. But he didn't do shit when Wesley Snipes was, like, tearing up the city and killing his own cops. 
he was just like, oh my God, what do we do? But as soon as John Spartan wakes up, he's berating them, reprimanding them. And I'm just like, where the fuck was this energy earlier when like your, your fucking cops were getting killed? And we're supposed to be so far removed from the 20th century, right? We're supposed to be so far removed that nobody knows what happened in the 20, 20th century, right? The fucking police chief just casually makes a Rip Van Winkle reference, which is from the early 19th century. And I'm like, you wouldn't be able to make that reference if you can't even reference something from 40 years ago. Like, I thought that was so inconsistent and fucking stupid. The three seashells, might have to try it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then when the police chief says, uh, you know, he tells Stallone that he's got a tracker in his arm or whatever. And Stallone says, why don't you just shove a leash up my ass? I'm just like, why? Why not say put a leash on me or around my neck? Putting a leash up one's ass is unreasonable and makes zero sense. It would defeat the purpose and the design of the leash. You could still get away. As a matter of fact, if somebody held onto the leash and you walked away from them, the leash would fall out, allowing you to escape to freedom. So why would you say that, Stallone? No, but then he wouldn't have been fined the credit for saying yes. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I feel so bad for all these people in the future. You know, of all the things they have to deal with, I think the worst is that Taco Bell is the food of choice here. Like, I pray that in a better alternate future, Del Taco is the food of choice. <laughs> Agree. At least get fries. Yeah, like the absolute look of sadness on Stallone's face when Sandra Bullock tells him that all restaurants are Taco Bell now, I felt that. I felt that. I don't care what kind, what color Mountain Dew you got. I don't want Taco Bell. I don't want that shit. Um, <laughs> you don't dig that Baja Blast, man? Nah, nah, dude. I don't even drink soda, so I'm, I'm good. Um, how naive is Cocteau that he doesn't have a backup or failsafe plan to make sure that his whole Simon Phoenix plot doesn't go bad? He has the ability to stop him from harming him. But other than that, Phoenix is free as a bird to do what he wants with zero repercussions. He even has the ability to sneak into his own office and changes his light command. Like that's how much freedom he has. And he's only been escaped for like a day. And then he just goes along with releasing a list of criminals that Phoenix provides. Like why didn't Cocteau also program those other convicts so that they couldn't kill him either? Because it's as simple as Wesley Snipes saying, you kill him. And then the guy just shoots him. Like why didn't he have a failsafe for that? And then, you know, Sandra Bullock is talking about, you know, bodily fluid transfer as the reason for society's downfall. And she says, like, after AIDS, there was NRS. And I'm like, NetherRealm Studios? They make Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's just like, I was like, yeah, I was just like, what the fuck? Um, I wish Sandra Bullock was his daughter because, like, he is a problem because he's so crazy and reckless at the beginning. And then he talks about his wife and daughter and all that other stuff. I wish he would have found out that this, you know, junior officer was his daughter. So that way they could bond and maybe he could have some sort of character arc that would make him realize that, hey, you know, I've reconnected with my daughter. Maybe I have to do things differently. Uh, he likes to go in alone. So why not, you know, Sandra Bullock is kicking ass and all that other shit. Maybe teaming up with his rookie younger daughter is a way for him to finally realize that he doesn't have to be a lone wolf when he's tackling these criminals anymore. That would have been like a nice character arc. But that would have been very weird for a sex scene. I was just oh, going to yeah. say very that. Weird. <laughs> oh, yeah, my bad. Uh, take, very weird. Take out the sex scene. My bad. Also, you know take out the sex scene. Yeah. At that point, you can't touch a titty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so, so that would have been a really bold move. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to my, keep that right. To keep that plot in there yeah. with the sex scene to show the bodily fluid. My bad. My bad. What I, bigger earthquake, man. You what I would mean? mean to say is, um, so get rid of get rid of that like attraction, but just make him find out that 
he's his, uh, she's his daughter early on, and he has to live in a world like maybe he's taking orders from his daughter now. Like maybe he he's not you know this one man army anymore, and he he has to team up with her. Kind of like uh, Dread when he has uh, the sidekick officer when he goes into the building. Right. Yeah. Like so. Like he has to learn a lesson about teamwork and shit like that. That would have been like a cool thing for him to do, because uh, you know he doesn't even let the chopper guys go in or like the rest of the police force. Yeah. You know. Um, and that's most of my trash. Uh, my treasure, Zach being the only normal person alive in the future. Like, he's the only guy that talks normally this entire movie. Um, you know, Stallone taking the uh, the verbal morality tickets and using them to wipe his ass. Um, I am so glad that Wesley Snipes picks up a 20th century gun and immediately is just like, this is the future. Where are the future guns? Logically, that makes perfect sense. Like, why not go for the future tech if you were going to steal guns? Like, you're in the future? Yeah, find some future-ass weapons. Um, the fact that they predict that Arnold went into politics was pretty cool. That was pretty funny. Um, and if Arnold exists in this universe, does that mean Stallone, as an actor, also exists in this universe? Could that be a thing, too? Because we also see Lethal Weapon and all that other shit. So, um, And I love the fact that he continues to eat the rat burger. Um, and that just shows that even rat burgers taste better than Taco Bell. And... <laughs> My last one is that uh, I like that Huxley, Sandra Bullock's character, is able to hold her own in a fight. But after seeing her whoop this dude's ass so easily, I'm I'm actually kind of bummed that Stallone knocks her out and goes to fight Phoenix yeah. by himself. Like, like, this whole movie, she's done nothing. And then she fucking finally has a chance to unload on somebody. And I'm like, y'all should go team up together. And to it maybe could be the advantage that he has because it's very clear that Wesley Snipes is the more superior fighter right. hey you need both of us to take him down I, I agree with you on that yeah instead of the ice thing you know when he's about to get his ass beat maybe she comes in and beats Wesley Snipes because we, we've seen she's the only motherfucker in this movie that does martial arts other than Wesley Snipes they could be a match for each other yeah I just feel like the ice is just such a cop out it's like uh, yeah you just freeze him you know whatever yeah it's like okay well why didn't we just do that from the beginning yeah yeah so I thought that was whack but uh, I don't know how that was a treasure but anyway uh, that's it from my trash and treasure but yeah yeah. Let's move on to ticket prices. Rich, how much are you paying to watch this oh, movie? He's going 20. <laughs> yeah, I'll wipe my ass with that 20. <laughs> you just need to see like, like I said before, you know, this movie was decent for what it was. It was a little overhyped, but all in all, I did give it a $5 rating. I, for me, that was fair enough for the time that it was in, for the stars that were presented to me. Um, you guys do have some valid points, but I, I need to touch a titty. <laughs> That's what's up. All right. Jason, what are you paying? I guess because I didn't watch this when I was younger. Like, I watched it much later. Like, I don't have this real connection to this movie. I mean, there's some good parts. I appreciate Wesley Slimes. He's probably the biggest treasure out of this. Uh, Sloan does a good job. I, I appreciate Sandra Bullock. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed watching it. I also did fall asleep watching it. But I think I have to go with Rich. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say five bucks, too. Uh, I think I'd rather watch a Judge Dread just because I watched that <laughs> when I like. You watch Judge Dread than this? I think so. I don't know why. I think it's because I watched it when I was younger, yeah. so I've seen it so many more times. Like this one, like I said, probably ten, maybe fifteen years ago, I watched it for the first time, and then <laughs> I probably only seen it like three times in my life. Yeah. So, I also fell asleep. Oh, yeah, twice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I'm gonna go five. Patrick, how much are you paying? Uh, I think I'm gonna stick with uh, 15, man. I'd pay 15 bucks to see this movie. 15? <laughs> I like it, man. You pay for Pornhub, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. It's a, it's a classic. Um, you know, you guys have yeah great points, but I mean, 
we, what am I paying for? I'm paying to see Sylvester Stallone fight Wesley Snipes, man. And they actually fight. They get, you know, he cuts off Wesley Snipes' head. It's a good movie. I like it. It's a bold move, Curran. See how he plays out. <laughs> All right, so we got a 15. Uh, Mugga, what are you paying? I, uh, this movie, I think, does its job. It's a 90s action film. You're going to see action. You have two elite movie stars, especially at the time. I do have my experience with this when I was a kid loving it and all that. Um, I can't go 15, but I'm going to go 10. I think 10 is a solid number for this film. It's something I would want people to watch. It does have iconic roles, some things. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 10. Uh me, I'm I'm stuck between five and ten. Like the ten part of me is like, oh, I was a little kid and I watched this. <laughs> but then like, the five of me is like, oh, I watched this and it's not as great as I remember. Mm-hmm. Like I think I'm gonna give this a very 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 low ten. <laughs> I'm gonna give this movie I'm gonna give this movie a low ten because you know analyzing it and all that shit that's fine. But um, like this is a movie that if it's on like I will watch it. I'm not gonna front. Like if if I saw this. And it was at Best Buy, and it cost ten bucks. I would buy it. You know, I would buy it for ten bucks. So, there, there, there are problems I have with it, and it's a fucking ridiculous ass movie. But I, I'm kind of like UJ. I do compare this to like a Judge Dredd. And when I think about Judge Dredd, I'm thinking I would, I'd probably put the two together, and I, I might pay the same price for both. Yeah, I mean, I think mine's like a high. F- don't pardon the pun high five but like I was struggling between 10 and 5 too I think there are good parts but like if if there's two movies on say it's TBS and TNT one's playing Judge Dredd and one's playing Demolition Man (laughs) I'm probably gonna stay on Judge Dredd you're wrong and you can say that I I, I agree (laughs) They're, they're, they're similar movies but again the nostalgia thing comes in for Judge Dredd, it doesn't come in for me for this. I completely understand. Yeah, yeah. and I think and I think that's kind of what's pushing mine is that I think I've I've just seen this so many more times that I'm just I can just enjoy it more openly, yeah. I guess. And that's that's just kind of how I feel about it. But I'm gonna go I'm gonna go like low ten on this. Uh, but that's what I'm paying. So we are paying nine dollars to watch this movie. I think that's fair. That's yeah, fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. It's almost as high as the IMDb ratings, right? I mean, we're a little lower, right? I would think. IMDb was six point seven. Yeah. Time, so, so yeah. 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 Hey, nine is not a bad score. No. So that's good. Uh, but would it get a higher score if Tom Cruise was in this movie? I, I, you can't take out Stallone or Snipes. I don't think so. <laughs> Otherwise, this movie doesn't work in a sense. But I think maybe Edgar Friendly. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Edgar Friendly. I think is the one, and maybe give him more of a role of like action and do all that. But that's, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. That's another trash. I never felt like the uh, the underground folk actually had they much. Never, to they do. never had their moment, huh? Right. Yeah, like yeah. just just keep this movie with Stallone and Snipes. Like it doesn't even have to be this like dystopian world. Just make it the regular ass future. Things are much more peaceful now. And this crazy ass psycho Joker dude is going through the town, and we need a crazy ass psycho cop to go after him. That's the only way to catch him. But That's- you, you got to think about the way Wesley was thought out, right? It wasn't really a parole hearing, no. per se. You know what I'm saying? He came back because there was a problem with these, you know, Westland scabs or whatever. Scabs. So it had to be that situation of why is this guy thought? What's his purpose? What's yeah? yeah what's the reasoning for him to be? out of this cryostasis. And that's a good point. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because like the main villain who fucking dies so anticlimactically or isn't even caught or anything, like uh, he uh, specifically says, and I'm glad you brought this up, that he, he unleashed Wesley Snipes because he wanted to take his uh, societal plan and spread it worldwide. Like, this right. is why we need to do things my way because we have crazy ass dudes like this. So like adopt 
adopt my way of living so that we don't have this. So that was a, that was another thing that I felt like another thing that they brought up, but they didn't explore fully. You know, like why would you self-sabotage this, uh, your, your perfect society? Because you want to sell it to other societies, you know? So that's another thing they don't, they don't bring up again. Do you think Cruz could be, what's his name, Cocteau? <laughs> he could be, he could be Sandra Bullock. There you go. I was kind of thinking that too. Yeah. Could be Sandra Bullock. Yeah. His name's Cocteau, right? Cocteau. <laughs> like, that was another trash I didn't say. I was like, why is his name Cocteau? Oh, he, could be, he could be like pussy finger? I don't know. <laughs> Let me ask you guys a million dollar question. What's up? Who would you replace Stallone with? I think, I feel that he's replaceable in this movie. Jean-Claude, easy for me. I'd say Jean-Claude or Arnold. For that era? I, th- I feel like you can't take out Wesley Snipes, but I think you could easily replace Stallone's character. I think you can. And one thing that I do want Kurt to mention, Russell maybe. Oh, for the time. That's a good for the that's time. Good. Yes, because yeah, he did what? Um, the New York one. A trucker. The, no, no, the uh, New York escape one. Escape, escape from New York. Escape from, escape from, from LA. Yeah. Patrick Swayze. Then you have him too. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I, I, I like Stallone though. I, I feel like he does command the role. I'm just saying, I, like I, I maybe a like, Kurt Russell. I feel like they casted this movie very well. No, I, I agree. So, so for me, and you guys can buy into this or not. I think Mel Gibson. Oh shit! Okay, for the time, yeah. I, for the time that He's era, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think before, at the height of before this, the voicemails. Oh, man, <laughs> yeah. have you guys heard those voicemails? Oh, they're awful. Oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> brutal. This guy made Passion of the Christ, y'all. Apocalypto like, <laughs> and stuff. Right, but I think for what this movie is, it's time for a remake. Who? Oh, I, are I you asking us who we want in the remake? A hundred percent. All right, who do we want? in a Demolition Man remake. Like the two stars. So I want the two stars and Sandra Bullock's character. Who do you got? I think Megan Fox could play Sandra Bullock. Or not. <laughs> Jesus. No, I'm going to say... I'm going to say... Uh, who's the dude from... Uh, what's, I forget his name. The dude from Loki in Lovecraft County. Uh, Immortus. Kang. Who, what's his name? I can't remember his I name. I don't know. I want I, I would have him play Simon Phoenix maybe Idris Elba maybe one Elba would be good yeah uh, for John Spartan I'd say I'd say John Cena I could see or The Rock I'd say <laughs> the, the Rock, Rock. Could do it. think the Rock of Vin Diesel character no not Vin Diesel nah, no 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 I say I say The Rock for for John Spartan and then Idris Elba. it's it's basically Hobbs and Shaw it's Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> I was gonna say maybe Jason Statham yeah, yeah I was gonna too. say Jason Statham yeah. for yeah. Uh, John Spartan. John Spartan. Yeah. yeah, take the whole cast of Hobbs and Shaw and just. Like, and I, I will say, just know, and just because of like, I think those two, even in Hobbs and Shaw, they had chemistry. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they had a history, so it's kind of like you would relive those characters again. Yeah. In something like this, but yeah. that was just me. Would you rather? Would you have a Statham as a Phoenix, and then uh, the Rock as Spartan? Mm-hmm. No, I would rather have Idris as. Phoenix, mm-hmm. and the reason why is because that wittiness, that that. What about like Will Smith? I don't, I don't think Will Smith uh, has crash. a cynical. Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Jamie oh, Foxx would, Fox would be yeah. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. And just because you you have to have that humor aspect of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, look who's on TV. You know. Oh, <laughs> the dude from uh, Loki is uh, Jonathan Majors. That's his name. Yeah. The. Uh, the guy at the very end of the show but, but like are we to, going with megan fox for i i think she fits the part i would i put uh she did get in transformers i put uh Haley steinfeld is her and actually let her have a fight scene that's <laughs> who i'd pick 
Yeah. But uh, in the words of Tom Cruise, touching titties, fondling fannies. <laughs> Love it. That's it for this episode of $20 Ticket. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at $20 Ticket. That's $20 Ticket for more content. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you've got the time, leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's $20Ticket at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I mean, why the way the seashells are there? Why couldn't you say something like, "You press this one to like wipe it, this one sprays you down, and this one wipes it a clean"? Like, I, like why couldn't you say something like that? Like, no, it clamps and pulls it out of you, and the other one scrapes it. Are, why do we have the seashells? Are we trying to not, you know, have paper waste? Because if we're yeah. worried about people cussing all the time, and we're shooting paper out at people, what's the difference between that and toilet paper? Yeah, you're right. What if like you have like explosive diarrhea? Like you that know? seashell's not gonna be, you know. And in a world up. where you're like, you have to be real clean. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're they're afraid of disease and all this shit. And it's like, well, you're you're putting your hands on diarrhea, man. Yeah. And the, the seashells don't look like disposable. They're that's I don't get either. Multi-use. Right. But are they like actual seashells? Are they like silicone? Are they plastic? Like what the fuck are they? I don't know. <laughs> pizza in the morning, pizza in oh, the yeah. evening, pizza at supper time. <laughs> When you got pizza on a bagel, you can have pizza anytime. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah.